Hey, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome to the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. Welcome to the 216th episode of the Stone Cold Silver Podcast. We're back. We're back. We're back and better than ever. Although, having said that, uh, my body is so exhausted. Um, I mean, you did just jet lag is real. <laughs> you, and you also just decided to run a race. Yeah, which I did pretty well in today. I don't know all what things you considered. thinking when you signed up for this. Like, I thought the same thing when you first told me that you were doing this. I told Lena that, that you were running a race, and she's like, what, what is wrong with them? That's actually not exactly what she said. She didn't, yeah. that, that sounds like something that I would say. She was like, wait, why would you guys do that? Why would you sign up for a race right after getting back? Yeah, I think it was just because we're getting back into the, the nine plus one, uh, marathon training sort of regimen that we have you just kind of like trying to force yourself back from the jet lag like yeah i see and the jet lag is real dude um i've slept six hours in three days wow like wait wait is that like combined or is that each yeah, night about combined wow when when yeah. have you been going to sleep and when you've been waking up because i know friday night was a struggle for you because you were at the friday wedding night was a struggle yeah and i only slept about two hours then oh god uh I'm like, it's like, it takes a while for me to really fall asleep. And then it, um, I'm usually sleeping from like midnight to maybe two. So maybe a little bit longer, maybe like nine hours in three days. Something like midnight to 3 a.m. is really what I'm trying to get, like really when I'm sleeping. Gosh. Okay. And my body just wakes up and it's like, you're up. So, um, but before, so not only that, but I think I have a gastrointestinal bug. Oof. Uh, because I go from starving to super bloated and nauseated within like 10 percent of what i normally eat wow yeah like before i ran the race today uh i also hadn't really been drinking too much water and the last meal that i had was yesterday lunch uh i didn't eat dinner i didn't eat breakfast i just ran and i actually ran pretty hard um i ran a uh a 752 pace for four miles yeah i had no water on me no food jet lagged uh, but last year, um, I ran a 753. So at least it's a one second PR. Uh, but we're, we're moving in the right direction. Cause if this means that like on, on a super jet lagged, uh, in, in super jet lag condition that I can still run this hard, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty stoked. Yeah. I mean, you're doing something, you're doing something. I don't want to say right. You're doing something well. Maybe you are doing something right too. Uh, to be able to get that PR in that condition. That's pretty good. Um, yeah. But I figured, uh, why don't we get back to the beginning? And, uh, talk about what sort of gave me this massive, uh, this massive jet lag. Right. Yeah. Was it, was the, I can't remember if it was the last episode or if it was the episode before last where you kind of detailed what you'd be doing over the trip. But yeah, I'm excited to hear the specific details because you haven't really given me much of anything at all. Um, so the trip was a 15, like two week sort of 15 day trip from New York to Bali we spent about five, six days in Bali, and then from Bali we moved on to Australia. About you know two full days, uh, technically four days in Sydney, but really two full days and a half day on the other side. Before we moved on to Melbourne, and then Melbourne was about four days, five days, and then from Melbourne we flew back to Bali for a night. It was like a like a one day layover, 
Uh, and then from there, we flew to Taipei for a one-day layover, and then uh, Taipei back home. Um, so I, was, I figured what I'll do is uh, I'll focus on the flight out from New York and then a little bit on Bali first. Okay, sounds good. And then and then we can like uh, break out uh, Australia a little bit later. Okay. Um. So. So you flew we, out without a winter coat. We flew out without a winter coat. <laughs> it was warm enough. Uh, for us to leave the house in just a hoodie and joggers. Yeah, yeah. Because we basically left the building and hopped around to an Uber, right? Right. Uh, and then when we got to, uh, I think we flew out of JFK. Um, what was interesting was super busy, uh, the EV, Eva Air, five star airline that we, that we booked, uh, Taipei based, uh, does not, uh, is not, uh, a member of TSA PreCheck. Yeah. So we just sort of stood in line. Not a big deal. Uh, what was interesting was Carolyn's bag, well, her backpack carry-on, never really made it through, and so we're standing Wait, there what? for a little bit. We're like, "What oh. happened?" Like we we put it in the yeah, uh, yeah, the yeah. conveyor belt, uh-huh. and just was, so we were standing there for a while. And we're like, "Where is your backpack?" She ended up going back and found out that for whatever reason TSA was being like real anal about stuff. I guess she didn't push it all the way through, so and the TSA agent. Like, didn't so push she, like, it onto the conveyor. Yeah, wait to the conveyor. Okay. Yeah. I thought I pushed it on. Uh, the, you know, past like the, the cylinders, like the, you know, yeah. the, yeah. the whatever. The rollers or whatever. Um, yeah. The rollers onto the conveyor. So we're standing there and then it turns out that because it didn't get pushed through, she had to go back, stand in line of security and then push it through just to go through. Wow. It was like such a weird thing. Um, I was like, if I'm the TSA guy, I just would have pushed it through. Yeah. Who, 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 lifted it away like i have no idea what i mean i i've been in situations like that when i've been at the airport in like the tsa line and even if the person that's in directly in front of me kind of like leaves before their stuff goes all the way through i mean i gotta get my stuff on the bill i'm not gonna be like uh person didn't wait for it i just push their stuff on because who cares yeah i push their stuff with my stuff so we uh so we got onto the plane not a big deal uh it was a it was like a midnight twelve thirty a.m. flight, and we were bound from New York to Taipei, and that's a direct flight, and that's fifteen wow. hours. Yeah, and that is a long flight, uh, longest flight I've ever been on. The last long flight that I was on was New York to Shanghai. That's a direct flight. You fly over the North Pole. Wow, kind of cool. Um, and I th- thankfully we both. It was like the latest we had stayed up in a while because, you know, we were going to bed at like 9, 30, 10. Right. And so the fact that we were 12, 30, we were still up. We took – we both took sleeping pills. We slept for like 9 to 10 hours on that flight. Okay. So it becomes like a five-hour flight, which is much more manageable. Yeah. Unfortunately, there were not a lot of good movies on this flight. There was really like six quote-unquote new movies. Only three of those were Hollywood movies. And so I like didn't really watch anything. I watched uh, Peppermint, which is like the – uh uh, it was like a, a remake, basically, of Taken, uh, oh, yeah, and yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah. good. It, uh, I forget who who it's with. I can't remember either, but I remember when it was in theaters. That was around the time that I got rid of my movie pass, I think. Yeah, yeah, not so so totally, uh, totally not worth it. And uh, so we landed in Taipei. There was a six hour layover. Uh, and what's interesting was, well, not interesting. What sucked was, you know how like I never get up on flights. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, this I, I I sort of continued that tradition on this one, but when I got off, my right leg was like really cramping. Oof, yeah, 
yeah, they say you, like, you gotta like get up like every, you gotta every like, get hour up, dude. or so. And it's hard to do it, especially if you're inside, you're not in those aisle seats, but I've seen a lot of people doing it on, on a, not even like, I've never been on a, anything longer than I think like an eight hour flight. And I've seen yeah. people do it. No way. That's not true. When we went to Qatar, well, when we went to South Africa, that was like a 10 to 12 hour flight. There were a lot of people that were just kind of roaming around the aisles. And I was like, do all these people got to go to the bathroom with their kid? They just can't hold their pee, their pacing. And then I realized, oh, they're literally just stretching their legs. Right. And it's a good call because right. you, you're, you're, you get like blood clots and stuff. Yeah, so I think I got a small blood clot yeah. on that flight. Yeah. Because, which I found out is like super dangerous. Yeah, it can be. Um, cause if the blood clot goes to your heart, that sucks. Yeah, it happened to Chris Bosch. Well, I don't think it happened yeah. to him in that manner, but that's, that's his yeah, condition. It's, it's sort of a game over at that point. Yeah. Um, it could also go into your lungs and like blood can sort of like, uh, pool in your lungs. Mm. Also sounds like a pretty, pretty bad thing. It basically, it feels like a Charlie horse. Right. Um, and I've basically had that for like five days in Bali. Wow. Um, I think it's like only hiking just, around and stuff. Yeah. Right. It's like, it, it's only just now starting to leave. So I guess my body absorbed it. I but, see. Um, so on the, on the back end, what I ended up doing was I, I checked my, my main carry on. Okay. And I put my backpack, I took everything out of my backpack and then I uh, put it in the overhead storage bin. Okay. So my feet have like yeah. all this space. Um, was that like an extra charge, like to check your carry on, or was that no, just built no. like your one of your check bags, basically? Yeah, it's one of my check bags. Okay. I made it like fifty pounds per person, okay. so it was totally okay. Um, unfortunately, like with uh, global entry, we got through global entry in no time, but then waiting for the bags took about an hour. Yeah, yeah, that's, so that's, that's for not me ideal. A lot. Anyways, so you know, six hours in uh, in Taipei Airport, we uh, we went to the lounges. And the lounges were nice. Because not like much fewer people, we can get free food, free bottles of water, uh, bathrooms, you know. So we checked out both lounges Did you take that a shower? way. No shower. Ah, uh, no, didn't did not take a shower. And from there, it was another six hour flight to Bali. Okay. So twenty one hours to get to Bali. It's a lot of time, um, and you've and you've lost a day. Right, right. Uh, and so that's why the trip was as long as it was. Because if we're losing a day out there and we're going this far away, it, it makes sense to stay a little bit. Like a week doesn't make sense. Definitely. Um, so we get to Bali. Bali is real humid. It's real humid, dude. Um, it's a jungle. And most of Indonesia is Muslim. But I think uh, Bali is very Hindu focused. There's temples everywhere. Mm. And they give like daily offerings to like all the stores. Like it's, there's daily offerings everywhere. But we took a quick car ride to our uh to our villa you know nice private pool three en suites it was great and i think the first day we just like we just relaxed because we got there it was already like basically nighttime before we were ready to really do anything uh and there are very few uh traffic lights in bali it's one of those places where like uh traffic moves like water and everything is more of a suggestion uh definitely one of those uh suggestion yeah that sounds dangerous yeah, right. Definitely one of those uh, scooter-esque areas. Oh, okay. I don't know if you're comfortable renting a scooter with Elena, but it's definitely the fastest way to get around because you can zip around cars. Yeah, I've never, I've never ridden a scooter. Um, yeah, I would, I would, so, I would definitely do it. Uh, I, yeah. I think I would probably feel more comfortable if we had our separate, if we had our separate ones. That way, you know, the person behind, like on the back, doesn't feel as out of control. Totally. Totally. Um, 
Uh, let's see. What do we do? So the first day, we uh, we went to the beach, and it was nice because it's like a rainy season out there, so it's not the high time for tourists. So it felt a little bit less busy. It was still a pretty busy spot, but I can't imagine. Like if you, you'll see photos during like high season, during the dry season, there's not a single open spot on the beach, and that to me is like not enjoyable whatsoever. Doesn't sound enjoyable, right? But this time when we went, like very few people on the beach. Uh, we were just laying around, really getting the feel for the air, and uh, we started to get massages. And dude, it's so cheap out there, dude. It's, really? Just to give you a sense, it's one U.S. dollar to fourteen thousand five hundred Indonesian <laughs> rupees. Um, and so I'm not, I'm gonna start just referring to all people's currencies as dongs, because uh, <laughs> that's what we did on the trip. Uh, my friend, my good friend Harry. Uh, refer to sort of Asian currencies as dongs. So it's funny when you're looking on a, a menu, everything is in like K, right? Yeah. So it'd be like 14K is a dollar, 28K, $2, whatever. But you can comfortably eat at like not, not only just a roadside spot, but like these small, like, you know, local Indonesian restaurants for like three to five dollars. Wow. Now you can eat at like, you know, Western restaurants. They have restaurants for everything and it's also very vegan. And vegetarian friendly. So Bali is interesting. It's, it can be as healthy or unhealthy as you like. You can do the yoga stuff, go surfing. Uh, dude, you love all the juices that they have. Like super, super diverse set of juices. Um, I love juices. Mango, guava, you know, pineapple. Like all, everything's on tap out there. Yeah. Uh, dragon fruits, you know, passion fruits. Uh, we were drinking so many fresh juices with every meal. It was insane. Uh, so you can do that, or you can go like uh, you can eat like fried foods. You know they're they're known also for like their suckling pig, uh, their ribs. Like you can basically be as healthy or unhealthy as you like. So, in case you and Elena ever find a deal to go out there, and I would really stress like go when there's a deal, because if you can save money flying out there, it's so cheap when you get there that like. We were taking taxis, and there's no Ubers out there, so you you, you download this app called Bluebird. And you you can either uh, tie tie a, a credit card to it or just pay cash, and it's like three dollars, five dollars to get around the the island. Okay. It's like not bad at all. Yeah. Um. And so you know, the first day we're sort of just getting acclimated, and then we started to get the massages, and Karen and I got like a couple's massage, dude. For like anywhere between a sixty minute to a hundred and twenty minute massage, you can comfortably. Let's just say like a 60-minute massage. You can comfortably get that for like six bucks. Wait, wait say that again? You, you cut out on my end. How much? Oh, sorry. You can get it for $6. Really? For 60 minutes? 60 minutes. All and right. that's at like a run-in-the-mill spot. So I don't get massages, but Lena and her mom get them pretty frequently. And one, yeah. of, the, one of the gifts that I got Lena's mom for Christmas was um, two hours, a two-hour gift card, like well, broken yeah. up into half-hour segments of massages. And I think yeah. that cost me... I think it cost me like a hundred dollars, and that's really <laughs> affordable. Yeah, it was like buy three get one free. So yeah. I, it was somewhere around like ninety, hundred dollars. I can't remember for sure. Yeah, but uh, but wow, if I can get if I could have gotten that for like ten bucks, wow, game yeah. ch- game changer. Oh, absolutely, ten dollars, and that's like pretty a pretty common thing. Now you can go to like we decided to like quote unquote ball out uh, at one point. Uh, on our single day layover in Bali, because we were thinking like, all right, we just flew six hours. We have another six hour flight uh, in front of us. We spent eighteen dollars 
for like a like a ninety minute massage. That's crazy. And that's like considered balling out. Now, granted, if you stay at like the five star resorts, that's how they get you. They'll be like, oh, we have all these packages. You can spend like hundreds of U.S. dollars. Uh, and some of them might be worth it because some of these uh, spas are like cliffside. So you and Elena, if you do a couple's massage, you're in a room, floor to ceiling windows, looking at the ocean. You know, like that's kind of neat. But also if you're getting a massage, you're sort of looking down most of the time. Right. So you're not really taking advantage of it anyways. Um, so I'm just saying that if food is cheap, transportation is cheap, and massages are cheap, you're pretty, you're pretty set when you're out there. Um, one of the highlights that we did in Bali was the sunrise hike. Um, so it's a uh, Mount Bator. It's a semi-active volcano. Uh, but the crater is so big that like, there's like a lot of little towns inside the crater. That's how big the crater is. Yeah. Um, so what we do is we were out to dinner the night before till 10 p.m. like idiots. And then the, the car to pick us up came at 1.30 a.m. Oof. So you get into a van at 1.30. Wait, hold on, hold on. We got to spend a little more time talking about this, t- the dinner. Yeah. How, you, you knew that you were going to be picked up at 1.30 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> you it stayed, is what it is. <laughs> you, you stayed to dinner. You stayed yeah. till 10 p.m. Did you I mean, sleep? we got home at 10 p.m. Did you sleep? We slept for like two hours. Oof. And I, we all felt pretty refreshed. That, oh, um, man. You, that was just the adrenaline. It's, I think it was just the <laughs> adrenaline. I don't think you're wrong about that at all. Um, all right. Sorry for interrupting. Go ahead. No, it's fine. Picked up at 1.30 a.m. Picked up at 1.30 a.m. They drive for two hours. Okay. Maybe you got a like, little sleep in the car? Uh, I got about 45 minutes of sleep in the car, yeah. Mm. What was interesting was at 1.30 a.m., there's no traffic in Bali. Yeah. There's a lot of traffic during the day. Uh, it can be pretty hard to get around. Uh, there's so much traffic. But no traffic at 1.30 a.m. We're zooming. 3.30 a.m. We get to the base of the mountain. Our guide meets us, and we just start trekking. And it's a two-hour hike to the top of the mountain. Uh, all sort of experience ranges uh, are acceptable. There's no bouldering. There's nothing like, you know, no harness or whatever. You're just straight walking in the dark. Um, and it's not too high or tall of a volcano so it's not like altitude sickness is ever a thing how um how tough of a hike was it like i guess compare it to um what was what's what's the one that we did in seattle blanca lake yeah how would you compare it to that probably the same just like i think blanca lake was also tough because it was wet yeah just kind of like long but nothing like you said no bouldering nothing complicated just kind of walking and uphill yeah exactly okay um and let's see. So we get to the top, and we were th- we were very lucky that uh, it wasn't overcast because we had friends. So funny enough, I had some people who I went to school with that was that were fraternity uh, mates that were also in Bali at the same time I was, and they had mentioned that some of their friends went and did the same hike, but unfortunately they couldn't see the sunrise because it was all overcast. Uh-huh. When we get there, not a cloud in the sky. So we were very, very fortunate that when we did the hike, we actually got to see a sunrise. Yeah. Um, when we get to the top, he makes like uh, – there's like quote-unquote breakfast included. And breakfast was uh, – they make banana sandwiches. <laughs> so that was really good. It's on white bread and it's like a super like meaty sandwich, which I appreciated. What, um, is it like just bananas or anything else? Peanut butter? No, just banana. Just banana. All right. Yeah, it's like banana between white toast and a couple of hard-boiled eggs. 
And then we were just waiting for the sunrise. And it was really cool to finally see everything. Because when you're hiking in the dark, you really can't see anything. Um, you just know that there's towns out there. But then when you look up, it's like so picturesque. Uh, all these little towns everywhere. There's a massive lake in the middle of the crater, which I didn't get to see, obviously, when I was hiking. So you see the sun come up behind the, the opposite peak. Uh, and then when you look around you, there's like little pockets of uh, steam that are coming out. And so he goes, uh, the guide said that he cooked our, our eggs by putting them in like little steam pockets. Oh, wow. And so you're using like the volcano like sort of steam to, yeah. to cook the eggs, which I thought was really neat. That's cool. Um, that was a really cool thing that we did. We also rode, oh, well, we went to like an elephant sanctuary, uh, the next day. We, I rented a, if you don't get the, uh, the scooter, you can get a, a private driver's personal drivers at like eight hours a clip okay um and we got one for 40 us dollars for which i think is for eight hours for eight hours jesus dude yeah so he picked us up at 6 30 he drove us all the way to this elephant sanctuary um which was really neat dude just watching elephants just walk around these things are massive yeah so you i don't know if you saw the picture of me like <laughs> we were like cleaning the uh yeah like just you know and it's so cool like to feel them it's like there's like the really, really old tough leather skin. But you see their eyes are so massive, dude. Um, we rode some elephants. Uh, this was the more uh, like not only eco-friendly but uh, I mean, ethical. Yeah. Yeah, ethical uh, one. Um, I mean, I guess it can be argued that riding elephants isn't uh, ethical. But uh, we rode elephants and it's, it's a really like m- uh, motion-heavy uh, thing. Like – Every time an elephant, I guess, uh, commits to a step, you, you move in that direction. So imagine, so like, you're basically moving in a circle, uh, the entire time. So if you get really motion sick, like, really easily, I might suggest you not ride an elephant. Uh, that sounds like, that sounds like a no for me then. Yeah. I couldn't even but, stay on those damn, uh, like, I couldn't do the boats in South Africa when we went from Cape Town oh, to, uh, yeah, that's right. To, uh, I forgot the name of the prison where Nelson Mandela was for like, 20 some years or whatever yeah what's the I, island called i oh robin island robin island yeah, yeah yeah all i needed to know all i needed to hear was island and robin came right to me uh no. that boat ride was miserable for me and coming like as soon as we got on land as soon as we got to robin island i was kind of back to normal but going back it took me like several hours to kind of stabilize okay so uh, riding an elephant's probably a no-go for me then huh yeah yeah, but the good news is at this place, if you pay the ticket for a mission, you can feed the elephants for free. So there's a whole bucket of like bamboo shards and you just hand it over to them. And like the, uh, the elephant will either, you can either like put it right into their mouth or like their trunk will pick it up from your hand. It's such a sweet experience, dude. Um, and then, uh, later that day, we went to see like the UNESCO World Heritage Site. Like I think it's pronounced, no, I'm going to butcher this, but it's like Tegalalong Rice Fields. So if you type in, like, Rice Fields, Bali, it's, like, the one thing that comes up. What's interesting is, like, yeah, it's a UNESCO World Heritage Site, but, like, people are working these fields while you're walking around. Right. Can you imagine, like, you're, like, mowing the lawn no. <laughs> uh, at home, and it's, like, dude, it's a World Heritage Site, and people are just, like, taking photos of you while you're mowing the lawn? Yeah, that's weird. Can you imagine? I'd be, like, get the, get the out of my face. Yeah. Um. So there's, like, these, uh, also these, like, swings, right? These uh, swings that are tied, each side of the swing is tied to another, like, uh, palm tree or whatever. And you can like, it's sort of this thing where you, they, uh, it's on a platform 
and then you get on it. There's a harness, and they tie you to the swing. So there's like no fear of like you like potentially falling off the swing, right? But what they do is you sit on the swing, and then once they kick out the little stool underneath you, they pull you back high, and then they push you out. And then so for a second, you're still on top of the platform, and then you're like 30 feet above the ground. Because like, you know, rice fields are like terraces, right? So all of a sudden, you're like 30 feet, like you're like 30 feet in the air. And they push you all the way out. It's uh the way I would liken this is uh you know when you're at a uh, a carnival or whatever and you ride the pirate ship. Yeah. It's that feeling, where you're you're up on one end and you're looking straight down to the ground, and then you swing and then you like go over the platform and then you like over like I guess the air and like the rest of the rice paddy and then you're like uh it's like a U shape massive swing, and then every time. You come back over the platform. The dude will jump and grab the bottom of your swing and fling oh, okay. you even further. Yeah, dude, I got so nauseous on the swing because <laughs> I get because I, I have fear of heights, right? Uh, and what's interesting about so like I have a fear of heights while skydive, and I think the reason why I've been, uh, been able to do that is because when you skydive, there's no tangible connection between you and the ground because yeah. you're in an airplane, <laughs> right? So then, once you hit terminal velocity, you're floating in a sense. It's because we're so close to the ground and there's like a tangible connection between where you are and where you could be that like even just talking about it now, my palms are mad sweaty. Uh, but it was worth it to do, but I would not do it again. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think you would be able to do it. You know that I hate heights, right? Like, yeah. Uh, shoot, like standing, standing like over a balcony on like a three story building will well, like my my legs get a little like they feel like they're getting a little wiggly. Um, I just like instinctively have to like pull away, and yeah. while I can like kind of force it if I need to, or if I just even really want to, um, there's always that like, all right, I'm better if I just move away from this. But yeah, yeah. in a plane, it's so far, it's so high up, I can't even like it just doesn't really process like that. I don't know how I'd feel skydiving though. Oh, I mean, like, I mean, shoot, like, once you're out the plane, there's nothing else you can do, right? Yeah, <laughs> you're so, so you, it's just the commit to jumping out the plane. However, with that said, I'm really not in the. Uh, I guess I don't know if it's you're my age, or just like, just kind of how I feel now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in no rush whatsoever to do some of those like thrill-seeking adventures where, uh, if something were to go wrong, it could, it could result in the end of my life. Right, right. I guess we're at a point now where it's like you've got too much. You got too many cards in play. You'd yeah. be like, you know what? <laughs> exactly. I'm not. I'm not looking to game over this real quick. Exactly. Yeah. Your your progress save is is you're you're too far in enough. <laughs> um. But uh, so that was really cool. Um, we went to uh, we went to a few like temples on our last day in Bali, and what was neat about that is one of them we actually. Uh, it's like they're all like coastside uh, temples. One of them's built on like an out a rock island slash outcropping that during high tide you can't actually get to. And unfortunately, when we got there, it was high tide, wow. and so we were standing around waiting for high tide to subside. But we ended up just like bouncing because like you know we're we we're sort of on a little bit of a timetable here. It's like Voldemort's cave, dude. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of, dude. Had you been able to go in, you could have found a Horcrux. Right. Jesus. Uh. Another one, it was raining and it was like a, the temple was on the edge of a cliff, but because it was raining and the wind was so high, 
the rain was actually coming from the like from the bottom of the cliff. So like it's a seaside cliff. Yeah. And the wind was blowing like not only I guess ocean water but the rain and it felt like the rain was coming from the ground. So uh El, what's it called? Uh, umbrellas didn't make sense cuz the rain is coming from the sky. It's yeah. also coming from the bottom. So That's crazy. Definitely one of the weirder uh like phenomenon that I've ever experienced. But uh yeah, Bali sort of came and went uh pretty quickly. Uh it's a little bit too humid for my taste. Uh, it's definitely the jungle. It's like a jungle island. Um, but the water is very comfortable, dude. It's not cold water at all, which is which is kind of nice. Yeah. Um, the what we found out was there's a lot of Chinese tourists there because of the proximity to to China, um, but there's a lot of Australians and Russian people that vacation in Bali. I guess that makes sense, right? Um, yeah. So what I found out while we were in Australia is that Australians go to Australians go to Bali the same way Americans go to Mexico. Yeah. So like you know when we go to like Puerto Puerto Vallarta or like uh, Cancun or Cabo, right? Um, that they go to Bali. So I mean, it helps that it's so affordable for everyone when you're there, right? Uh, but. Like I can't imagine like Americans going to Bali consistently because that is that flight is stupid. Far. Yeah, yeah. I will say though that I wonder. So uh, Singapore Airlines is reinstating uh, a route Newark to Singapore direct will be nineteen hours. So I wonder because like we did New York to Taipei. And then Taipei to Bali. That was 21 hours of total flying time. Right. I wonder if you did New York to Singapore, then Singapore. I wonder if Singapore to Bali is like two hours. Yeah. I wonder. I I would much rather do a 15 and 6 break though, you know, just because right. at a certain point you're, you're yeah, going to – Exactly. Unless you're flying business class and you can like lay flat, you're you're going to you're gonna lose it. Yeah. I imagine that uh, the the time just in the, in the lounge that, for that – that uh, layover too was just good to be able to stretch out, get some food, do whatever. Um, yeah, nineteen hours, man, that's a long time. And then if you have to do like another two hour flight on top of that, like two hours in general, it doesn't sound. It's not too bad. Like flying from here to like Chicago, it's pr- mm-hmm. pretty easy. But having to get yeah. back on the plane after being on it for nineteen hours, maybe I wouldn't feel so good about it after that. Right. Right. Um, it's crazy how how they can do those flights. So when there's a YouTube channel, Wendover Productions, the dude like loves talking about like plane travel, like yeah. economies of, economies of scale, things like that. And uh, he detailed some of the longest flights and how they do it in like a recent YouTube video. Yeah, I can't remember what he said the world record is for the longest one right now, but 19 hours has got to be up there. I think right now the longest one is Singapore to Doha. And that's 17? Wow. So they're trying to do that up by two? Yeah. Damn. Um, I guess planes are becoming like sleeker, lighter, and like more energy or fuel efficient. Yeah, I think it had um, something to do with like the dream, the, the Dreamliner and um, I guess Airbus is equivalent. Yeah. They're just a lot more uh, economic with the fuel use. But I yeah. did know that there's also a diminishing return. Like while it can still carry more fuel to get further, it costs more fuel to travel Right. right. I'm sorry. It costs more fuel to use or to to move the ridiculous amount of fuel that you're currently carrying. Right. And so at some right. point, it just doesn't make sense to fly those distances because well, you're well, wasting the airlines, so much. Right. The airlines will pass that cost on to you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
I did hear about this. Like, there's certain plans for airplanes. One, to have a standing room uh, thing. So on commuter flights from, like, maybe, like, Philly to New York or New York to Boston on these really short planes. Yeah. It's sort of like when you're in the subway, you can hold a guardrail or whatever. They're looking to, like, basically stuff planes with more people. Wow. So that you could probably – it's probably, like, even more basic than, like, economy plus or whatever. But, like, wow. if you were just – like, if a flight's only an hour, standing for an hour is not the worst thing in the world. Right? Yeah. Obviously, you're not standing for 19 uh, – what, uh, 15 hours. Right. No one's asking you to do that. Uh, but if you were to stand for an hour and you could fly for like maybe 60 to 80% of what basic economy is, that could be something you might consider if you were in a pinch. Um, also, if you were like flying with like no, no, no checked bags, it's like you in a backpack, you know, um, that could be a fun adventure. But on the opposite end of that, um, certain planes are now trying to have a lower level where you can have twin beds. So you would buy your ticket, but I think you'd also buy a bed. Mm. So like they would, they would, you would take a double dip you, you right. know? Um, and I wonder if you were to fly like, I don't know, if you were to fly to wherever in the world that's really far away. Um, like if, if you bought a ticket on a deal, I wonder if you would be willing to spend like another bit of like getting a bed. I think that would make the trip much more uh, enjoyable at least. Yeah, definitely. Or at least or uh, manageable. I think manageable is the right word. I don't know about enjoyable. Manageable. Yeah, manageable. Um, I mean, like I said, like the, when we stayed in our lounge in Doha, which was just kind of like a random decision, we were just walking through the airport and we had like, I don't know how many hours to kill after our tour of Doha, mm -hmm. but we just saw that we saw the lounge. We were curious to see how much it cost to get in. I don't even remember what it was now, but it was definitely, um, manageable. The, like just being able to sit down, stretch our legs out, take a shower. Like I felt so refreshed after that shower. I also spent a lot of that time working. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, being able to do that, it's nice. I imagine a lot of the passengers on those flights, too, are people doing it for business rather than um, people going on vacation. Certainly, there are people that are going to be doing it for vacation, but the more frequent flyers are probably the ones doing it for business, and therefore, the the companies are probably more likely to be able to pay those those prices. Get, yeah, Get you exactly. nice and refreshed before your meeting. So, um all in all, Bali was a was a fantastic time. The food was phenomenal. Um, I do highly recommend if you get a chance to go to Bali. I will say this: um, there's a lot of mosquitoes. Oof. We got destroyed by mosquitoes. The Airbnb pluses that we stayed in are like nicer than your standard Airbnb, um, but they're uh because they're just like standard villas or regular villas they weren't as good about uh protecting us from mosquitoes i guess and so we killed a couple of mosquitoes every night in our room uh we all got bit up so we got like hydrocortisone we had bug spray just something to keep in mind you know they say they say it's recommended that you get malaria shots but you don't have to get malaria shots i see you can always like take medicine on the, on the back end but yeah. uh but yeah, uh, that's sort of uh, that's sort of Bali in a really quick nutshell. Okay. But uh, yeah, like I said, if there's ever a deal, I'll forward it your way. Yeah, sounds good. All right. All right. So Should I guess we, uh... for the listeners, then we're, we're I get what our plan our plan is to release this episode today. <laughs> well, obviously, yeah. if you're listening to it, but then the next episode will come in like two days, a day, two days. Mm hmm. Yeah. So we'll talk about Australia tomorrow or so. Fantastic. Let's yeah. get out of here. All right. Well, I'm Reza. I'm Sandy. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you guys in a few days. Oh